Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Oh, Wolf Hope chasing with five pounds. Inside, and a bio, and a foul. What a pass and finish. The lead is 10 and a chance for a three-point play. Denver does have a timeout, but they're not using it. Four seconds. Murray, step back, three-pointer. Long goal. Fight for the rebound, Martin. And it's over. The Miami Heat have tied the NBA Finals. Standing here in Denver. Green on a dive. Layup. Missed it. Suns dodge a bullet. Here comes Booker. Full head of steam. Left hand. And he's fouled. He is 0 for 4 today. Up there with the bases full and two outs in the ninth. Live ball to right. Haven Smith at the wall. And it's gone for a grand slam. And it is, after all, the Eddie Rosario series. That's his third home run in three games. And it's 8 to 5. 96 center cut that time. You may recall throughout the ball game they've been getting him out with off-speed stuff, getting him to chase change-ups and breaking balls, and just absolutely turns that fastball around. Diamondbacks have lost the lead. Tori Lavello will get Castro out of there. Murray, end zone throw. Oh, what a catch! One-handed DeAndre Hopkins! Fly ball to right, and there are Two down with runners at first and second. I think Alex Cora is thinking about taking Sale out of the game. Here he comes. And now finally Sale relents. And he's going to come off. Well, now you just hold your breath. That we don't hear anything about the arm, the elbow, and that it is a short-term thing with Chris, not fully recovered from the the illness he had last week. And the 3-2. Swung on and missed strike three. Strikeout number eight for Kershaw. First out of the sixth. Slider up and in. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Got him on the knuckle curve. And Garrett Cole is through five. That was his fifth strikeout. As the Yankees get out of this inning, Cole faces the minimum. We are through 5-4-1 Yankees. And the lefty Ferguson to the plate. Swinging a deep shot, left field, backing up as Altman. He's watching it. It is gone! A home run! Anthony Volpe goes yard into left field. It hits the bleachers. A two-run shot and some ninth-inning insurance for the Yankees. The rookie with his ninth home run of the season. And the Yankees are now ahead 4-1. to one. Bregman's walked twice so far today. He has a nine-game hitting streak. Here's the pitch. And he pokes this one. Left field. Deep and gone. Minute Maid erupts with Bregman's fifth grand slam of his career. And it's 7-1. to Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. 
And welcome to the Monday, June 6th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. The NBA Finals, why did the Heat win Game 2? The Suns, do you approve of the hiring of Frank Vogel? The Diamondbacks would stood out during the Braves series. DeAndre Hopkins, should the NFL wait on him? The Red Sox, must they add starting pitching? Yankees-Dodgers, which is most likely to be World Series bound in 2023. Around Major League Baseball, what else stood out over the weekend? And what else caught your eye since our last show last Friday? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9-15, the NBA Finals analysis Game two, well, we'll talk with Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. Also, at some point, get into the Suns hiring of Frank Vogel with Sean, among other things. 9.30 or so, interactive action at 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include a little more on the Suns uh, coaching situation and also some Diamondbacks and Braves weekend analysis. Then uh, we'll wrap it up, the Sports Zone, with the National Roundup. That will include... Some latest line info, a little from the scoreboard from the baseball weekend, then after the sports zone from uh, 12, to, excuse me, from noon to, uh, from I'll get this right, from 10 to noon. Uh, we'll have the extra point hosted by Kale. That'll include more Heat and Nuggets game two analysis. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we begin with the uh, KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, which was the bigger reason Miami won game two? Better effort than Denver or making shots? And Kayla has the early returns. We are in a 50-50 split between the two. The Heat certainly started the first, third, and fourth quarters strong, and they finished the game making 17 out of 35 from behind the arc. So we'll get into more detail on that in the next segment and also during the extra point. Today's Twitter poll question, do you approve of the Suns hiring Frank Vogel? And Kayla, what do we have here? 72.7% is on the yes side of things. 27.3% is on the no. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. The Suns reportedly have agreed to pay Vogel five years and $31 million, $31 million over five years. That was announced on Friday. Plus, the Suns also announced that Kevin Young will remain on the staff as the so-called offensive coordinator for reportedly $2 million per season. That makes Young the highest paid in an NBA assistant coach. Also on the local front, the Diamondbacks were within one pitch of winning the weekend series against the Braves, but... Miguel Castro allowed a grand slam to Eddie Rosario, and the Braves won 8-5 on Sunday afternoon. Other than the final in, final inning or the final you know, pitch from Castro, what stood out during the Diamondbacks and Braves weekend series? DeAndre Hopkins remains a free agent. At least one weekend report suggested that Hopkins is willing to wait out the market, which could go into the starting training camp and even the preseason. So, should the NFL wait on DeAndre Hopkins until after the start of training camp and possibly 
into the preseason. Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Red Sox had a bad week. In addition to losing four out of six games, they also placed Chris Sale on the injured list with a sore shoulder. He's still a little, they're still not real sure what's going on. He's going to be further examined this week. So, must the Red Sox add starting pitching even if Chris Sale is not out long term? Meanwhile, the Yankees overcame more injuries to win two out of three at Dodger Stadium after Clayton Kershaw and Garrett Cole. Dominated Friday and Saturday, respectively. Anthony Volpe homered on uh, on Sunday night, which put that game away at Dodger Stadium. Which team is most likely to reach the World Series in 2023, the Dodgers or the Yankees? Meanwhile, also from the weekend scoreboard, the Astros have now won 18 of their last 24 after winning three out of four against the still-not-good-enough Angels. Quite frankly, the Angels look uh, better than only Oakland in the American League in the American League West. What stood out to you during the baseball weekend? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That is today's pipeline. We will get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So, whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind. 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060, or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by the NBA playoff analysis uh, from the finals. Uh, Sean Devaney scheduled to join us from heavy.com. We'll also get into some coaching discussion, including the Suns hiring Frank Vogel, Bonnie Williams, Lands in Detroit, etc. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup. That'll be topped by... Diamondbacks and Braves, some weekend analysis there. Also, uh, don't forget, uh, that is general discussion during the bottom of the hour phone call segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Heat are headed back home to Miami, deadlocked in the NBA Finals after you know, handing Denver its first home loss of the postseason. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. And Sean, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's start with uh, Michael Malone's press, uh, postgame press conference. He immediately questioned the effort of his team. Did you think that before you heard him say that? Do you think that was accurate, or is he just trying to motivate his team moving forward? 
I mean, maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, certainly the uh, the fourth quarter defensive effort was not there. I mean, you shoot, you allow 69% shooting in the fourth quarter uh, to the Miami Heat, allow them to score 36 points in that quarter. Um, you know, you've you've got a reason to be mad as a coach. So, uh, yeah, I thought he I thought he had some reason that there was certainly some <clears throat> uh, some concerns behind what he was saying. Um, and, and even in game one, you know, he had said that uh, uh, he felt like they didn't play all that great uh, in game one despite, uh, uh, you know, really dominating start to finish. Uh, they did build up that 24-point lead in game one and kind of let it slip from there. Uh, I think he was worried after game one that there'd be some carryover into game two, and I think we saw some of that, that, uh, uh, that the Nuggets uh, uh, let go of the rope a little bit and, 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 and couldn't get it back, you know, once the uh, – uh, once the heat started, uh, certainly making three pointers. Once it started making shots, so it's one eleven, one oh eight. They're down three. Final possession. They got a couple timeouts remaining. Don't call one. Uh, would you have opted for a timeout at that point? And I did get a, you know a, a so-called open look, but uh, probably not the look that would have been maybe the best. Yeah, it, it was a tough look, uh, but you know you had the ball in, in the hands of the guy who you wanted. You know, if you're trying to find a uh, three-point shot, and he almost made it. I mean, it, it kind of grabbed the front of the rim and and, and rattled off. But uh, yeah, you know, I, so many coaches will not call a timeout uh, in that situation, and I don't quite understand it uh, because you know, look, you've got uh, 82 games, you've got uh, a month of uh, uh, training camp. Uh, you know, you've got uh, six months to work out these kinds of plays and these kinds of situations. I would think you'd have you know, something up your sleeve, <laughs> you could you could get yourself a pretty good shot rather than, uh, you know, trusting your best player, uh, your, your best perimeter player, uh, to, to go out and, and, and try to force something up there. Um, you know, look, if it goes in, then it's a different discussion and nobody's questioning it. But uh, I, I always think, you know, like I say, you, you, you spend all this time together, you're drawing up plays every game, you're, you, you're practicing, you, you're in film sessions, you have shooter, all that stuff should be designed – uh, so that you can call a timeout in that situation and get yourself a good look, get yourself the kind of shot that you want. Uh, so, yeah, I was surprised they didn't call a timeout. I, I, I think he probably should have, to the same hindsight. Uh, but even if he made it, I'd still say, um, you know, that's a situation where I wanted to get drawn up play. Were you surprised that Miami did not foul? I mean, you know, there's some coaches fouled you know, three up at that point of the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 a tough situation there too because you know you, certainly you can make a mistake and uh, and and you foul on a on a three point try. You don't want to do that, um, you know. So uh, if you're if you're Eric Spolster in that situation, I'm sure he's saying we just have to uh, you know stay home defensively and 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 not do anything stupid. So um, I think he erred on the side of let's let's just try to not do anything stupid here. Uh, it wound up working out for him. Sean Devaney of Heavy.com, curling the sports. Um, okay, so that's Denver's first home loss since March. Uh, oftentimes you hear it said, you know, playoff series don't start until a team loses a home game. Now you got a team that loses for the first time in the playoffs at home. So do the playoffs now start for Denver? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, their – they're in an unfamiliar position, that's for sure. You know, where uh, all the series that they've been in have been <laughs> – 2-0, and, and so they've had uh, uh, that ability to uh, to go into uh, the opposing building with a little less pressure on themselves. 
uh, knowing that they don't necessarily have to win one. They did, of course, against Minnesota uh, and obviously against the Lakers, uh, but but didn't against Phoenix. You know, so um, that that that's something where if you're uh, if you're the Nuggets now, you're in an unfamiliar position. The Heat are capable of losing at home. There's no question about that. And 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 Denver is still the more talented team here. So um, you know you have to feel fairly confident in their ability to get a win down there. Uh, but it is going to be uh, it is going to be a challenge that they haven't had to really deal with at this point. Miami has been in a million close games all season long. They're seven and three, according to uh, at least NBA.com. I did not fact check this, but it sounds right. Seven and three in clutch time games this postseason. Does the fact that they've been in these kind of games so often during the season and obviously the postseason, does that give them some kind of edge? Yeah, you know, I think to an extent it does. Um, you know, those those clutch games very often are, are require a little bit of luck, um, you know, because you're, you're counting on maybe a bad call here or there, maybe a turnover here or there, you know, there's something that usually breaks your way. Um, but, you know, if you're the team that's not making mistakes, that's not, uh, or that is forcing the referees to make calls that you're being more aggressive, um, you know, if you, if you are, if you have more of a comfort zone in those games because you've done it before, then you can be the team that uh, maybe is forcing your own luck a little bit. So, you know, you talk to some people and they can be skeptical about those plus stats because, like I say, there's, there's luck involved. But um, I, I, I do think that experience counts in those situations because, uh, like I say, you don't you get in a situation where you know not to make the kinds of mistakes that are going to force the bad luck on you. You know, you can you can have some control over that, and uh, I think having been there allows you to do that a little bit more. Jokic, forty-one points, but a playoff low four assists. Uh, Denver is now four and four this season, according to ESPN. When Jokic has forty-plus points. Eric Spolster was less than thrilled after the game when he was asked if the plan was to make Jokic a shoot a scorer or a shooter. Um, yeah, what, what's your take on how you should try to defend him and how the how the Heat did defend him last night? Yeah, I mean they played him pretty straight up. You know, I mean there's there's been we've seen a ton of different ways to to try to attack him, um, and and you know playing him pretty straight up really isn't one that a lot of teams have tried consistently, um, you know, just because uh, it's, it's such a good scorer. Uh, but when when teams have done that uh, and when he takes, you know, the amount of shots, he took, what, 26 shots last night? When he, when he takes that many shots, it's, uh, it's uh, I think, 28. 28 shots last night, 16 for 28. You know, that's, that's not terrible. Uh, for the Heat, if 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 he is taking those shots, because it's it's when he's moving the ball and you're double teaming, he's picking you apart on the double team. Um, you know that's that's where he's at his most dangerous. That's where he gets the open looks for guys like Michael Porter Jr. and David Caldwell Pope. Um, you know those those guys can really thrive off the attention that he gets. If you're playing him straight up, and and you know you're going to give up some points, no question. But a, you're going to make him work for it. You're going to wear him down a little bit. Uh, and then B, uh, you know, you're going to take away some of the effectiveness of those other guys. So I think that that you know, San Antonio uh, back in the Tim Duncan days was was much the same way. Teams would would throw yeah. these double teams at, at at Tim Duncan, but the, the the best way to play him was always just to say, all right, if you're going to get 40, that's fine, uh, but we're not going to let you get shots for for Robert Ori or Bruce Bowen or or, or whoever else. It, it, it's a similar situation with Jokic. 
Well, I remember San Antonio also, you know, Popovich didn't seem to really care that much when Amari Stoudemire would get like 35 or more in some of those playoff yes. games, but they usually won those. <laughs> yes, right. And right, yeah. So they, they would use that kind of defense on other teams as well, the kind of defense that they did not want to see on Tim Duncan. Uh, they would they would they would employ that themselves for sure. Okay, Miami did play more zone last night. Do you expect that to continue moving forward? Yeah, you know, they've they've had some success with the zone, um, and and certainly, um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with Jokic uh, and the zone, if you can, like I say, kind of keep the attention on him one on one, and that allows the rest of the zone to function uh, much better than than if you put too much attention on Jokic. So, yeah, you know, they've they've had some success with us with the zone all 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 throughout the. Uh, the playoffs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here in Boston. I watched them run it against the Celtics. They ran it last year against the Celtics. They ran it three years ago against the Celtics in uh, uh, in the bubble. Uh, and and you know, despite seeing it that much, you know, Boston had still really struggled with the zone. So it's something where no matter how many times you see it, uh, you know, it, it it's not comfortable for NBA players to, to play against that. So I fully expect the uh, uh, the Heat to keep using that. Um, you know, the, the Nuggets will try to make adjustments, but it, it, it is something that is inherently uncomfortable for NBA players that just don't see that much zone defense. Okay, I've got to mention Duncan Robinson here. He's in at the start of the fourth quarter for Jimmy Butler. He gives like 10 points in less than two minutes. Uh, I'm amazed that he's been able to put the ball on the floor and be as effective as he has in these last two series. Yeah, uh, you know, cutting to the basket and and you know he's looked a lot different. I, I it's funny because he signed that big contract, that ninety million dollar contract years ago, uh, and then immediately tried to like become a different player, uh, and that's been frustrating for the team. And it's been uh, something where you know he's been out of the rotation for for, for long, long stretches of time, uh, and and really you know they've tried to trade him and they've had no takers. Uh, but it really seems like in the last couple of series here, he's gotten back to doing those other little things, uh, you know, with the ball and, and, and dribble handoffs and, and cutting to the basket, you know, all the other little things besides just being a shooter uh, that, that kind of made him successful uh, when, when, when he first started with the, with the Heat. So, um, yeah, this, this is definitely a, uh, a welcome uh, uh, change uh, in Miami that, that Duncan Robinson is playing with a little more variety in his game. He seemed to have lost that after, uh, you know, go back two years when he signed that big contract. Okay, so looking ahead, I'm a little leery to get into too many specifics here because, you know, Martin's got the migraines, migraine situation. Hero's still not playing, but, you know, what should we look forward uh, to as far as possible adjustments and things to look for in game three? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I do wonder about Hero and, and whether they'll put him out there. Um, you know, he can be even at his healthiest. He can be a uh, a real uh, defensive liability, and and uh, uh, you know, as Denver has shown, um, he, he really can't afford to have a defensive liability against this team. I mean, they pretty much ruined D'Angelo Russell's career in that in the in the conference finals <laughs> uh, just just by uh, just just by exposing him so much. So. Uh, yeah, that, that that's something that that, that that I would definitely look for. If if Harrow if if Harrow does play, uh, you know, does does Denver you know go right at him and really find ways to pick him apart? Uh, and then what does Denver do to, to get more movement uh, with the basketball uh, to find better looks for uh, for KCP for Aaron Gordon? 
uh, and, uh, and and for Michael Porter Jr. Um, you know, clearly they, they don't want Jokic to have to score 40 points. That's not been a winning formula for them. So they got to find ways to uh, uh, to make sure he's got he's got the room to get other people involved. So does last night change your opinion of the series at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, I did not think Denver would lose at home. I really didn't. I, I just think that was going to be too much to overcome for Miami. Um, but uh, so yeah, in that regard, yes, I still think that 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 Denver's uh, and I I probably said this. Uh, um, at, at every stage of the playoffs when talking about me, <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt, Bob. But, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I do think Denver just has uh, more talent, more up-and-down talent on that roster, so I expect that Denver uh, uh, still going to win this thing, um, you know, maybe six games, maybe seven. Talking with Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. Uh, you know, around the NBA a little bit, you know, the Suns hire Frank Vogel. Obviously, I don't think we've talked to you since they fired Monty Williams. So, what do you think of that? And what do you think of the hiring of Vogel? Yeah, it's it's, it's a strange, uh, you know, it's a strange transition to go from Monty Williams to Vogel. Um, you know, Vogel has obviously had some success, but you know, not uh, not 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 an earth-shaking hire by any stretch. I really thought, and and they were close. I know there was some in the organization that really wanted him to hire Doc Rivers, which. Uh, that would have been interesting, um, just because Rivers is much more of a uh, of a star player kind of coach. I think would have meshed with uh, with with Kevin Durant a lot more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see you know what 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 Vogel does. Um, it also seemed like they really wanted to keep Kevin Young, and and at that point, it's kind of like, well, why didn't you just make the coach? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you if you're if you're that eager to keep him around, why not just make him the coach? Uh, so yeah, you know it was, it was an interesting situation. Um, you know, I, I when they fired Monty Williams, if you told me they were going to uh, wind up with Frank Vogel, I would have said like, well, okay, but but why? You know, I mean, why? I, it seems like mm-hmm. such a, a lateral. I, I, I guess it's not something that I necessarily understand in terms of uh, uh, in terms of you know where they wound up. Okay, the Sixers uh, get Nick Nurse. Uh, the Bucks get Adrian Griffin. What do you think of those moves? Yeah, you know, Nurse, uh, and again, you know, if if the Suns had gone uh, from Monty Williams to Nick Nurse, I would have said, okay, you know, I mean, this is this is the guy who's uh, innovative in his offense and, and, and can probably put some different situations out there and, and maybe get more out of it. DeAndre Aiden, if, if, assuming they keep him uh, and and put the, but but you know, so uh, the, the fact that he wound up in Philadelphia and then he was pretty much always going to wind up in Philadelphia get a strong relationship uh, with Daryl Morey. Um, so yeah, that, that, that'll be a good situation, I think for, uh, for, uh, for Joel Embiid. And I think it'll mean that, that James Harden stays put. I think that that's the kind of coach um, who, who can work well with James Harden. So, um, so yeah, that was a, a pretty big hire for them. And I thought, I, thank God, Adrian Griffin finally got a job. He has been an assistant coach for 15 years. He has he has uh, uh, interviewed uh, for at least 14 jobs by my count. 14 jobs, and he's never gotten a head coaching job. Uh, you know, just a basketball lifer. He actually played in the CBA. You know, that's how uh, that's how old he is. <laughs> he was actually a player in the CBA, um, and and you know was was always like a great kind of like coach at the end of the bench, even as a player that, that teams have loved having him uh, on their team. So great to see him finally get the, an opportunity, an opportunity with the team that uh, uh, 
Okay, so let's put a bow on this. Yamani Williams goes to Detroit, biggest coaching contract ever. Uh, is that a good fit? Well, you know, it's funny because you, you talk to GMs and such around the league who, who kind of say, you know, this is it's going to be harder and harder to get a coach because <laughs> everybody's going to say, look, if, if Monty Williams is getting, uh, uh, you know, 80 million bucks, then uh, uh, that's what I want. <laughs> you know, so that's, uh, it was really interesting. But uh, obviously Detroit's not. Um, not not a plum job, uh, and so they had to overpay. That's how they're looking at it. We had to overpay to get a guy who can both bring along a rebuilding team and help help turn the corner into making a playoff team. You know that's something that he's done uh, certainly in New Orleans uh, and then uh, in Phoenix as well. So uh, you know I, he's uh, he was much sought after, obviously by the by the Pistons. I think everybody was surprised uh, by how much they had to pay him though. Sean, always good talking to you. We appreciate it. Have fun. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Bob. Sean Devaney of Evie.com. Excellent stuff from Sean, as always. Check out all his work, including the finals and a whole lot around the NBA with Sean at Heavy.com. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also the local roundup. We get a little more on the Suns situation, uh, you know, we didn't get, uh, at least in the sports zone part last Friday, didn't really get too much into the Frank Vogel thing we did during the extra point, but just a little more on that. And then Kevin Young is now the highest paid assistant coach in NBA history. So we'll get into that a little bit also in the next segment. Also some Diamondbacks time pending. Uh, they made a you know long-term or longer-term Decision on their uh, dugout situation with Corey Lavello getting a contract extension again, of which he deserves. And uh, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. You're listed the sports so with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's local roundup. And hey, welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Kemp HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, we got time and room, 602 260 1060 and on to the local roundup we go the suns made coaching staff announcements since this segment last friday frank vogel as we learned during friday's sports zone slash extra point is the new head coach according to the athletic and others vogel believed to be getting a five-year 31 million dollar contract vogel replaces monty williams who was fired after four seasons uh, he was fired on may the 13th he's obviously since moved on to the pistons Six years and $78.5 million, making Williams the highest-paid coach in NBA history. Vogel's uh, his, his specialty is defense, no question about that. And that could be a challenging mix with a current Suns roster that has multiple questionable defenders. Meanwhile, on Saturday, um, news broke that uh, Monty Williams' lead assistant, Kevin Young, will reportedly uh, stay in Phoenix. Young's deal... We'll pay him more than $2 million annually, according to various reports. And uh, 
That would make him the highest-paid assistant coach in NBA history. Meanwhile, Young considered an offense-first coach and also the preferred coaching candidate of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks also made a significant move. They wisely extended the contract to Torrey Lovello through 2024. General Manager Mike Hazen uh, announced that officially at a press conference yesterday. The contract extension for Lavello means that his deal now is the same length as Hazen. They came in together, both from Boston. Uh, he's the longest tenured Lavello, the longest tenured manager in franchise history now. Uh, so uh, over, also, also over the weekend, the Diamondbacks came within one pitch of winning the three-game series against the Braves. But Miguel Castro... Uh, gave up a grand slam. Seems to be some debate whether it was just a bad fastball or a hanging slider to Eddie Rosario. The 5-4 lead turned into an eventual 8-4 loss. Zach Gallen undefeated at home this season. Uh, he, he battled, battled is a good word here, to make it through six innings against one of baseball's best lineups. He gave up three runs, two earned, nine hits, one walk, four strikeouts. He was not helped by the normally excellent Diamondbacks defense. Jose Herrera committed an error. Then Paven Smith, suspect play in right field, continue with a pair of misplays. Gallon in part because of that defense, he had to pay, he had to throw a season-high 110 pitches. That's the second most in his career, in fact. 110 pitches to get the six outs. On Friday night, Merrill Kelly was once again impressive. Seven innings, he allowed two runs on five hits and three walks, eight strikeouts in the Diamondbacks' 3-2 to two series opening win against the Braves. Uh, Kelly uh, benefited from some poor Atlanta base running from Ronald Acuna Jr. and Matt Olson in that game. Meanwhile, on Saturday, Ryan Nelson predictably, predictably was outpitched by Spencer Strider. Nelson, who really should be on the rotation bubble, but I don't think the Diamondbacks have an alternative. Uh, Nelson was for, fortunate to allow just three runs on six hits, four walks, no strikeouts in four and two-thirds innings. So um, basically, uh, you know, was, by the way, it was a, you know, the attendance for the weekend, three games, 96,399. That's the third largest for a three-game Diamondback series uh, since uh, 19, uh, excuse me, 2019. Meanwhile, Carson Kelly close to returning to the major leagues. He started the rehab assignment last week at AAA Reno. And the Diamondbacks, following today's off day, hit the road this week to face Washington and Detroit. Two teams that aren't good, especially not good offensively. Uh, and Detroit's lost players in the last week that makes their offense even worse. Also, one other quick note from the local roundup, the Juve Azula's Tabellas era is over. He's elected to remain in the NBA draft, even though multiple two-round mock drafts do not have him even being drafted. He lacks a perimeter shot, and his uh, horrendous defense make him, I think, a difficult uh, NBA fit. All right, onto the phone lines we go, and we go to Monroe and Glendale. Hi, Monroe. Thanks for holding. Happy, happy Monday, Bob. You too. Thanks. I was very happy. To see Jokic with only four assists. Uh, as you may recall, I'm a broken record about double teaming all the three point shooters. Don't do that. And if the star gets 40, he gets 40. Uh, and so to me, 
that's the way you should play, especially given the, the fact that the NBA is largely consists of a lot of specialists, either defensive or offensive three-point shooters. And so I'm happy that uh, the Miami chose to play that way. I like the zone, but I just think that their, their style of offense plays into Denver's physicality. They, they need to do something to get some easy baskets. They get almost no easy baskets. Well, they sure did in the fourth quarter. They scored on the, you know, like seventy-five percent of their possessions in the fourth quarter. Not all from the field, but some from the free throw line. So, yeah, I think the, the maybe I don't know if it's forgotten because it was just yesterday. But you know, Denver has a fifteen-point lead in the third quarter of this game and seemingly in pretty good shape. Uh, but you know, they started that fourth quarter horribly. Actually, Miami started the first, third, and fourth quarters really well. And uh, to me, that was actually the difference in the game and see what happens. And, uh, you know, interesting that, you know, you have an extra day now. I, think that, I don't know if that benefits any. Well, I guess it probably benefits Miami because you have Martin with the migraines and Hero still wasn't able to play yesterday. And I think they could, uh, you know, certainly find some playing time for Hero. I don't know if it's going to be extensive when he does come back, assuming he does come back in this series as anticipated. But... Those things make uh, their rotation different for sure. Yeah, but, you know, the NBA, uh, you should pay no attention to the big leads in the NBA these days, right? Uh, they, they give up big leads all the time. It's just the way the game is played. Uh, so when either team, any team in any game gets a double-digit lead, I just kind of yawn because you know they're going to give it up. That's just how they do. Um, with respect to... I can't help but think, Bobby, it's probably bad. I couldn't help but think of Scotty Pitts when I heard he had migraines. I thought, oh, my God, we don't need another migraine. Well, I'm sure that Scotty Pippen's probably blaming somewhere right now. It's it's Michael Jordan's fault that he got migraines because it's uh, Michael Jordan's not a good wasn't a good player till he got to uh, Chicago, which he basically said last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know how that goes. So, so, but, but I don't think anything fundamentally changes in this series to me. I, I, I just think that this is a bad matchup for Miami. I mean, Miami's lost in Miami before. And there's no reason to believe Denver can't win there. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. But uh, I, I don't see much difference. I'm surprised that they did win in Denver, but I think Miami, I think Denver will win Miami when he changes it. And it'll be back to, you know, Denver with the home court. So are you willing to bet on him in game three? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Um, but I do think they can win in Miami, and I think they will win in Miami. Okay, that sounds fair. Um, Thanks, you know, I, I would, I would tend to agree with you on that. All right, good stuff, Monroe. Thanks, as always. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. That'll be topped by a little more on the very little in this next segment from last night's game. But we'll also look ahead point spread-wise to Game 3 in Miami on Wednesday night. Also, we'll get to some baseball, a little from the Yankees and Dodgers over the weekend. Also, we'll get into some baseball with limited schedule today. The Yankees, excuse me, the uh, Red Sox, the Red Sox. 
They play the Yankees later this week. But uh, today, the Red Sox still trying to figure out. Now, hopefully, it won't rain today. Uh, it pretty much rained all weekend long, including a rain out on Friday night. And uh, they were already scheduled to play Devil here this weekend. So it's a wraparound makeup game today in Boston with Tampa which has dominated the Red Sox this year and uh, facing the Red Sox and Fenway. So we'll get to that, among other things, in the next segment. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today, Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Uh, you might have heard in the Corey, uh, Corey's update there and also in the last call with Monroe, the, the NBA Finals now tied at one. Gabe Vincent, 23 points, including two big threes to start that fourth quarter last night. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, 21 apiece. And uh, the Heat beat the Nuggets 111-108. Game two on uh, Sunday night. Uh, that Bam Adebayo was the best player at both ends of the floor on the on the court for either team. Uh, so we'll uh, talk more about this much more in the next two hours during the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Looking ahead to Wednesday night, game three of the finals. The, the scene shifts to Miami. And Miami, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Total sitting 215-and-a-half. Excuse me, Denver, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Uh, total sitting at 215-and-a-half. Once again, uh, Tyler Hero did not return on Sunday, as some had anticipated, and I believe was even reported by at least one of the insiders. But he did not play on Sunday. And I didn't see every second of Spolstra's press conference last night, but I don't think he was asked about Hero's status moving forward in the in the in the series. Meanwhile, from the MLB scoreboard, the Yankees won two out of three uh, at uh, Dodger Stadium on Friday night. The Dodgers won. Clayton Kershaw allowed two earned runs or fewer uh, for the eighth time this season. He allowed two in that game, two solo homers on Saturday. Garrett Cole uh, Garrett Cole pitched six. Shutout innings before he left with cramps. Then on Sunday night, the Yankees scored in their final three at bats and won four to one. However, the Yankees have some more injury issues. Uh, Nestor Cortez with a shoulder injury headed for the injured list. They say, or they, they said, it's been anticipated that he might just miss the minimum time, which would be a couple of starts. Also, Aaron Judge. Foot uh, problem was unavailable on Sunday, of course, after he slammed through the bullpen gate on Saturday night, making a great catch. And by the way, the Yankees this week return home for a series against the White Sox and then the Red Sox this upcoming weekend. Speaking of the Red Sox, 1 o'clock today, they are scheduled to play the final game of this series against Tampa. Uh, they've been trying to play this series since Friday night when it got rained out. They were actually scheduled to play a doubleheader on Saturday, which was originally a makeup from a rain out in April. Uh, so they're trying to get in these games so they don't have to make them up later. And uh, yeah, Shanahan goes tonight. He's been great against everybody, but he especially he's dominated the Red Sox. And Toronto, 6-1 and one against the Red Sox this season. They have, I don't have the exact numbers here, but they have dominated the Red Sox 
Now they've won th- at least three quarters of the games against the Red Sox the last two seasons. Uh, Brian Balow goes for the uh, Red Sox this afternoon. That's a one o'clock start. Tying, you know, weather pending at Fenway this afternoon. Uh, you know, McClanahan and Tampa Bay, a 145 favorite in that game today. Also, limited schedule today. A couple of games, though, and a couple of series start. Houston's at Toronto. Houston, as I mentioned during the pipeline, now won 15 out of 18. Belak goes against Alex Manoa. Manoa is uh, amongst the walks leaders in baseball. He made it through four innings unscathed as far as allowing runs the other night, and they seem to be really happy about that. Uh, so Belak and uh, and uh, in Houston, maybe not surprisingly, a uh, six to five favorite in this game on the road today. Uh, there's some pickems out there you can you know kind of pick and choose what you want. Total in this game. Uh, for some reason, I don't have a total for this game. Uh, um, you know, maybe 10. I'm not 100% sure that's accurate. I'm guessing that that's what the total is. Milwaukee starts a series. Uh, excuse me, continues their series at Cincinnati. This is a big day for the Reds. Uh, you know, Abbott, one of their top pitching, actually their top pitching prospect, going to make his major league debut this afternoon. And he, uh, he and the Reds are a 130 or so favorite. Also, St. Louis now struggling again, especially offensively, at Texas. And uh, Texas does not struggle offensively. Tonight, it's Wainwright against Perez. And then also the Cubs and San Diego series continues, the wraparound weekend series. Snell against Hendricks tonight at Petco Park. One other quick thing here, uh, trade rumor out there that uh, you know, you know, that uh, B- Shane Bieber will be traded by by Cleveland by the deadline. Remember, he was actually traded last year to Atlanta, and that fell through. Baltimore seems to be most mentioned as a Bieber possibility this year. All right, that's the Sports Zone for today. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. The Extra Point's coming up next. Plenty more in the NBA Finals and more phone calls.